Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from glorious glaives to gregarious glamours. And today we are covering Grung. Or Grungs? Actually, not sure. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm ready to clean all this grung off my toilet. Uh, yeah, I know. It gets so nasty. Jeez. Um, it's thick. Do you, so do you know anything about grungs, Brian? Um, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> they, they are essentially small, nasty frog folk. Cool. And before we get into it. So, like not bully lugs? No. Okay. Not bully lugs. Okay. Before we get into it, I just want to say... That there comes a time in a person's life when they've covered 240-ish episodes of a particular topic. That you really begin to see the patterns in a thing. The code in the matrix, if you will. We have covered a lot of monsters on this show. And I mean a lot of monsters. And I never really knew much about Grungs before this research session. I just knew that there have been some fans for a while asking us to cover them. So I was a bit excited. I go, these guys must be cool. Yeah. We got fans excited. They keep asking about Grungs. But I have to say, I don't care for these guys. Oh, ah, that, sting, that stings the cheek of the audience, they, William. They just fall into every single D&D trope I can think of, which we will discuss as we go along. I think maybe if I'd been introduced to Grungs earlier in my D&D experience, I might have, you know, I might think of them more highly. Okay. But all in all, 
I mean, yeah, we got frog people. What do you bring to the table, Grug? They do bring something to the table, but for the most part, not a lot stands out or defines them uh, when compared to any number of the other D&D mob-like creatures. That being said, they have their place in D&D, and I can see why some people like them. I just think Bullywugs and Slotty are way cooler and more unique, but let's get into it. Okay, yeah. Okay, maybe these are the good frog people because bully ones no, are like no. medium bad. I, no, and slotty are like. I just real told bad. you, there's nothing that sets them apart. <laughs> oh man. Well, there okay. is one thing, but we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> Grung are aggressive frog-like humanoids found in rainforest, tropical jungles, uh, falling into the small size category. Adult grungs uh, usually stand approximately three feet in height. Males are generally smaller than females of their species. Um, Grung essentially resemble small humanoids with strong toad or frog-like legs and webbed feet. Their torsos and heads are a bit less amphibian and more humanoid. They have muscular forelimbs and their hands have opposable thumbs. Oh. They stand upright and erect like most humanoids, but primarily move about in quick, short hops. Unlike their frog and toad cousins, however, Grung are incapable of long leaps. That reminds me of how like little birds kind of like skitter across the, the yeah, ground. Yeah, kind of. Yes, exactly. Their amphibious skin is also quite brightly colored. This is important because like so many other D&D monsters, Grung are color-coded by type and social standing, and we'll get into this a bit later. This okay. is the first of the many tropes they fall into. And good job reading that paragraph because you're uh, yeah, you know, autocorrected the Grinch a lot. Yeah, turn Grung into Grinch. I got, I'm like, <laughs> how many more times am I going to see this? <laughs> It is implied by the wording in some source books that Grung are, in fact, related to and descendants of mundane amphibians. It mm -hmm. is said that their evolution gave them intelligence, opposable thumbs, and ingenuity, but took away their prehensile tongues. In the place of this useful hunting mechanism, Grung developed wide, sharp, teeth-filled mouths. Their bright-colored skin is kept slick and wet. This is for two reasons. Uh, one, it is how they breathe, and the moisture allows their skin to better absorb oxygen. Also, they constantly secrete a poison mucus, which is deadly to the touch. Grung eyes are comparatively small uh, when compared to other frogs and toads and are crowned with a hard protective ridge. Their eye color is most often red with black pupils. So the poison thing, which obviously that's taken from, you know, there's certain types of poison frogs. Yeah, especially poison. like these are rainforesty frogs. Right, exactly. That's the, that's the one thing that does set them apart, which it's one of the last things we're going to talk about today. But it is pretty prominent in their lore. All frogs are evil in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, don't fuck with frogs. You got frog, hemoths, bullywugs, slotty, and grung. And then regular frogs, which, like, you know, we just said, can be poisonous. Indeed. Or just, like, sort of chill. Like, Indeed. You either, you, that's the spectrum. Sort of chill, regular animals, to evil shit. <laughs> really evil shit. Yep. Evil shit in space. <clears throat> so grung are fiercely territorial creatures, and for some reason, see themselves as superior to most other species. Because of course they do. Like every other evil monster in this game, they, game, they have a huge superiority complex and a mild to severe megalomania. Mm -hmm. But these guys don't even have the firepower to back up this mentality. <laughs> That's our second major D&D monster trip so far, by the way. Right, is they are fl highly flawed individuals. They just, they think they're, for some reason, they just think they're the superior being in the universe. Yep. And they're color-coded, like, uh, anyways. It just makes adventuring that much more awesome when you murder all of them. I guess. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Like, who's they, superior now? Who's <laughs> they often attack any intruders on site, be they adventurers or members of another tribe. Border wars are quite common among clashing grung tribes. A single tribe usually claims an area within one mile around its given settlement, which is honestly pretty small. Uh, I mean, they are small, so maybe that's part of it, but also they are weaklings, which is probably the other part of it. Okay. Um, they rigorously patrol their territory, and if an intruder is ever encountered, the grung will never engage in negotiations. Campaign arc idea, 
a lot of grungs, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You call it, uh, you call this arc the border wars, mm-hmm. and you have to go in and solve territorial disputes between different tribes of grung, and it's like a semi-political, semi-like. I need to be really like careful with traversing and like grung get, society. I need to get written like authority, like you know, ambassador level travel to go across these borders and not get attacked. And I don't stuff. know how you're gonna do that because they attack everyone on site. Yeah. See. Challenging. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Despite their hyper-aggressive mentality, and primarily due to their small size, grungs often avoid direct confrontation and instead prefer to engage their prey via ambushing techniques. Mm. The most common ambush strategy employed is by simply laying in hiding, camouflaged, and waiting for their opponents, grung from other tribes or quarry, to venture into their range of their short bows and throwing spears. In addition to their naturally poisonous skin membrane, grungs also poison their weapons with the very poison they secrete. If their prey survives their initial volley of poison arrows and spears and appear too mighty to defeat, grung have no issue fleeing into and across the treetops so as not to leave any trail as they escape. That'd be a fun NPC encounter. You yeah. encounter like a grung and it sees you guys, it like kind of freaks out like it's gonna run. And it's yeah. like, oh wait, hang on. And it like starts stabbing itself in the arm and everybody's like, oh wait, what, what are you doing? And it throws the knife at you and you're yeah. poisoned. Yes, yeah, that great. Say. And then it runs. Yes. So grung tend to make their homes in deep jungles or other tropical forests and even well-forested swamps. They build their dwellings either in or near trees, preferring to live in shady areas and needing to remain in constant proximity to water. This is due to their need to stay wet at all times as dry skin can kill them via suffocation. All grung must submerge themselves in water for at least one full hour every day or their health will begin to deteriorate. Six days without access to water is sufficient to kill a grung. Although they can't actually survive fully underwater, they are better built to be climbers than swimmers. Thus... They need both the water and the trees in order to thrive. You can kill these guys with like a sack of cotton just instantly. <laughs> just a big sponge. Just they're three feet tall, right? Just like bag them in a pillowcase. Oh, man, that's that's dark, dude. Hey. <laughs> Their settlements tend to resemble ramshackle cobbled together groups of crude huts occasionally hidden within giant dead trees. These shelters themselves tend to be circular and squat with round windows and small chimneys made all made of moss vines or reeds mortared with mud. Grung homes generally hold members of the same caste. Yes, they have a strict caste system. This is trope number three and will be covered shortly (laughs) in in groups of eight to 18. So they really cram themselves into their huts. Uh Uh, A single tribe of grung can include as many as 100 grung with about a quarter of them being adolescents and children. A grung hatchery is maintained in well-guarded ground level pools. That'd be a cool like movie title. 100 grung. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Okay. 101 grung. 101 dalgrungums. (laughs) It is actually quite easy to tell when one is nearing Grung territory. Grung often denote their boundaries by hanging the bodies of their enemies in clear view to any would-be trespassers as a warning. Also, waters that are found within Grung territory have a tendency to be contaminated with the poison of Grung skin secretions. Even though it is highly diluted, it can still cause severe nausea if ingested. So this is just the mummy too, where Grungs are the pygmies in that scene where they're running through the forest. Yes. Yes. Okay. Let's take a short rest. (laughs) Selling a little... Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Dungeon Cast is sponsored by Valda's Spire of Secrets, a new expansion for 5th edition D&D. What's your next character? If it's a human fighter or an elf ranger, I have a book that will change your mind. Valda's Spire of Secrets is a new expansion for D&D 5th edition that introduces 10 new base classes and over 150 new subclasses. Spire of Secrets works with any setting and any adventure. Think about it like an expansion for the core rules. It's not a new edition or a campaign setting. Think of it as the player's handbook too you always dreamed of. It even has a cute teddy bear race. Click the link in the description below to go to spireofsecrets.com and get your copy today. We're back. Indeed. Back from the place we were. And we're here to talk about grung. Dirty, dirty grung. Dirty grungs. Nasty boys. So as I said before, Grung Society is a caste system. And it is a caste system based on coloring. There are six castes, and in ascending order, they are green, blue, purple, red, orange, and gold. Each caste lays eggs in separate hatching pools, and juvenile grung join their caste upon emergence from the hatchery. All grung are a dull greenish gray when they are born, but each individual takes on the color of its caste as it grows to adulthood. Grungs reproduce very quickly. One noted grung, a chieftain named Yorb, reportedly had at least 180 children before he died. Fucking legend. (laughs) He was a legend, absolutely. Uh, Green grungs are the tribe's warriors, hunters, and laborers, and blue grungs work as artisans and in other domestic roles. Supervising and guiding both groups are the purple grungs, which serve as administrators and commanders. Red grungs are the tribe's scholars and magic users. They are superior to purple, blue, and green grungs and given proper respect even by grungs of higher status. Higher castes include orange grungs, which are elite warriors that have authority over all lesser grungs, and gold grungs, which hold the highest leadership positions. A tribe sovereign is always a gold grung. Okay. So a grung normally remains in its caste for life, but on rare occasions, an individual that distinguishes itself with great deeds can earn an invitation to join a higher caste. 
through a combination of herbal tonics and ritual magic. An elevated grung changes color and is inducted into its new cast in the same way that a juvenile of the cast would be. From then on, that grung and its progeny are members of the hierarchist. You know what? This is a fourth trope that I didn't even recognize when I wrote this because it's just like demons, devils, and slotty. They can go up through the ranks now. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I was <sighs> like, okay, we're tro we're troping live right now. They're still and in. Yeah, we're troping live now. <laughs> And there's another one coming, and it's the worst one. The worst one is still yet to come. It's a real-time realization that these are just frog copy. <laughs> frog skinned, the same thing. They're not frogs, they're frauds. They're frauds <laughs> with a D. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so, leaders are always the strongest member of the Gold Casp Express in the tribe, and as females tend to be larger than the males, most tribes are matriarchal and led by female war chiefs. That's cool. However, some are led by a male king or chief. One way of reaching a position of power is via dueling to the death for the title. Each tribe also has a female shaman. Okay, that was a little nice little add-on there. Yeah. You uh, can duel to the death here. Also, there's a female shaman in, in the every tribe. tribe yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so now for our final major D&D monster trope. Grungs are always on the lookout for creatures that they can capture and enslave. Great. Yep. What are you enslaving these, these little guys? Piece of trash? Are slavers. Oh. Grungs use slaves for all manner of menial tasks, but mostly they just like bossing them around. This is the worst part about Dungeons and Dragons. Don't get me wrong. I think there is a place for positioning like evil entities or or you know uh, morally compromise societies as slavers yeah. as an enemy yeah like, it's just like every evil monster is a slavery that's what game. i mean like it's just so you, like if yeah. you really want that in your game sure but why is it written into like every <laughs> every fucking yeah. monster has it I, again I, you're not you, evil unless you got you, slaves you said this earlier in the episode and i think it rings true like it makes it easier to kill these guys without remorse like, yeah. Aren't they the worst? They think they're superior to everybody. They enslave, you know, they kill on sight. Like they're they're not they're not given any type of humanity, if you will. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah, anyways. And so, it's like fun to drive a John Deere tractor through Grung if, territory. If this if Grungs had one or even just it. two of these tropes, it wouldn't bug me as much. But it's like literally like you just it's like every other Dini monster. You took away the cool tongue thing. It can't even eat bugs. Like <laughs> So, like, why can't my grung society be like? I mean, it can. It can be whatever you want. Right. right. So mine master. is mine is going to be like an environmentally symbiotic thing where they yeah. like have to eat giant bugs to keep the bug population down. Like, we need the grungs here. Yeah. Maybe absolutely. they're assholes though. They're yeah. Like, yeah, they're difficult to deal with, but it's better than the bugs. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, have you seen the size of the bugs? Right. And they just like, <laughs> and yeah. they get them, and they got poisonous go. barbs, and they don't care because they like are good with poison or whatever. Yes. They're the dwarves of the rainforest. Like, I don't know. <laughs> fucking... I love it. Like, okay, okay. And sometimes you got to go out there with your nine iron and clip one, you know, because it's stealing your cabbages. Sure. I, I don't there know. There you go. <laughs> so grungs use slaves for all manner of menial tasks, but mostly they just like to boss them around. Like, they don't even like slaves to use. What the fuck? Slaves are fed mildly poisoned food to keep them lethargic and compliant. A creature afflicted in this way over a long period of time becomes a shell of its former self and can be restored to normalcy only by magic. Oh, wow. These guys are the worst. Yeah. So let's talk about grung poison, because this is the best and most interesting part about grung, in my opinion. The, secre the secretion is quite sticky, and grungs easily wipe their weapons on their own skin to coat them Yikes. in a highly toxic substance. When exposed to the air, grung venom quickly deteriorates and breaks down within a minute, making it extremely hard to harvest and bottle. So it's really only usable to the grung themselves, because they, they're at the source. They are the source. They are the source. Their saliva also contains their poison, but weak, a weakened version of it. While all grung poisons all have similarly 
uh, debilitating effects. Each color of grong poison also contains unique ailments in their victims. Do you understand what I'm trying to say there? While all each, grung's poisons have similarly debilitating effects, each color of grung's poison also causes unique ailments in their I victims. think that's phrased. Okay. I, I phrased that poorly. So each, uh, each cast has a unique their own poison. kind of poison. Right, exactly. Okay. So green grung's poison restricts movement. Excuse me. Excuse me again. Blue grung's poison causes prey to shout and yelp against their will. Purple grung's poison drives victims to desperately seek water. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Red grung's poison causes ravenous hunger. Orange grung poison causes irrational fears of one's friends. And gold grung's poison can charm the victim as well as gift them with the ability to speak the language of grung. Which, which <laughs> okay. is very beneficial with the charm bit. I think they were like, oh, it charms people. But it's like, oh, but they speak a different language. Well, it makes them understand the language, too. Nice. We speak um, poison I now. think at this point, with, with the speak language, we, we have to agree here, right? That the grung poison is obviously magical. Like, it's magical, right? It has mm, to be. I mean, it's, it's, maybe, chem, maybe it's the magic of chemistry. I don't think there's chemistry that can cause that you to understand you, a new yeah, language. No, it has to be like, okay, so the things in D&D that do this are telepathy transcends language, mm-hmm. uh, which impl- implies something that language is transcendent. It's like a... It's like a thing that we wrap different skins on it sure. to speak. Yes. Uh, and then there is uh, also uh, just like common, like everybody speaks the same language. Well, no, common is just like, well, it's it's the common language, but a lot of monsters and more exotic creatures don't speak it. That's true. So. They speak their own language. Exactly. Um, and then so, I forgot what the last, the, my final point was. I'm so sorry, let's move man. on. The poisons variance is actually detailed in Volo's guide. So Volo's guide has the monster stats for these guys, um, and then this variance can be tacked onto that. We're actually not, we're not going over that. It's a boring stat. Like it's, it's a basic mob stat. We don't got to go over it. But guess what? They released a playable race, Grung stat block. Okay. Um, I do, I do remember it, it being oddly stated that it's. I don't think it's very well balanced. We'll decide. I haven't read it yet. I mean, the um, sizing because it's halfling not, size. So it's like, not legal in Adventures League. Oh, okay. So I know that. But anyways, it's it can be found in the source uh, module one grung above, which I think can, it's only sold on like DMs Guild and D and D Beyond for like three bucks. I mean, that's a great name. Yes, it is. That's a good. That's a good name. Anyways, uh, Brian, why don't you tell us about the Grung racial stat block? I will. As soon as I, I just wanted to touch again on the 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 oh. purple the purple poison or like the poison in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoilers for the Half Blood Prince. But like, mm. can you remember that scene where Dumbledore is like, "No matter what I do say, Harry Potter, don't oh. fucking let me leave this cave before I drink this soup." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he, drinking he purple poison. Want, yes. and he's like, "Fuck, I need water, Harry Potter." And he's like, "Sorry, Dumbledore, drink this poison." He's like, "Fuck," <laughs> yes. it's just Grung poison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. Grung Poison. J.K. Rowling plays D&D. Um, probably not. Okay, so we got Grung Features. Source, one Grung above, just like you already said. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a stat block. So ability score increase. Your dexterity score increases by two, and your constitution score increases by one. Age. Grungs mature to adulthood in a single year, but have been known to live up to 50 years, like the homie that had 180 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, alignment. Most Grungs are lawful, having been raised in a strict caste system. They tend toward evil as well. Coming from a culture where so- where social advancement occurs rarely and most often because another member of your army has died and there is no one else that uh, of that caste to fill their vacancy. Aboreal alertness. You have proficiency in the perception skill. Cool. That's a weird name for it. Arboreal alertness. 
Okay. Arboreal meaning like, trees. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so grungs stand between two and a half and three and a half feet tall and average about 30 pounds. Your size is small. It's just a bunch of toddlers. So you are have a walking <laughs> evil speed. Toddlers. Evil toddlers. Evil poisonous toddlers. Uh, toddlers can be poisonous if they don't like get a bath. Sure. Uh, you have a walking speed of 25 feet. Your sticky finger and toe pads give you a climbing speed of 25 feet. And you can breathe air and water. So I love the climb speed. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. really cool. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why it's illegal in Adventures League. Because mm, climbing's hard. Maybe. Uh, you can breathe air and water. Eric Kroka can fly, so no. That doesn't track. And they're legal in Adventures League? Climbing. I uh, think so. Climbing, climbing is better than flying sometimes, maybe? No. I don't think so. Well, if you're climbing inside of a tunnel, it is. I guess so. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait. No, there's a lot more here. Sorry. Mm -hmm. yep. I didn't realize oh, the yeah. page ended and it's then I stopped reading. Uh, poison immunity. You are immune to poison damage and the poison condition. Uh, poisonous skin. Any creature that grapples you or otherwise comes into direct contact with your skin must succeed on a DC 12 constitution saving throw or become poisoned for one minute. A poison creature is no longer in direct contact with you. You can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. You can also apply the poison to any piercing weapon as part of an attack with that weapon. Cool. So a real quick like sheesh, and then you do a stab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though when you hit, the poison reacts differently. The target must succeed on a DC 12 Constitution saving throw. Take 2d4 poison damage. And then what? You apply the the poison from your cast also, or is that different? Uh, that for would this? be DM's discretion. Mm -hmm. um, I think this poison skin thing is the reason why it's probably not legal. Mm, okay. Um, you got a standing leap, which directly oh. uh, contradicts the lore. Literally, the lore is they can't do long jumps. Oh, well, that's stupid then. Uh, your long jump is up to 25 feet, and your high jump is up to 15 feet with or without a running start. Um, water depend Is that the same as the bullywug? What, the standing leap? I think so, yes. Yeah. Okay, water dependency. If you fail to immerse yourself in water for at least one hour during a day, you suffer one level of exhaustion at the end of that day. You can recover from this exhaustion only through ma uh, through magic or by immersing yourself in water for at least one hour. Mm -hmm. Languages. You can speak, read, and write. Grung. And that's the end of the stat block. Indeed. For Anything you want to add about Grung features. before we get ready for a long rest? Uh, I already did my Dumbledore joke. <laughs> All right. Well, then, let's get ready for the long rest. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. It's the part of the episode where we build a beholder. Indeed. And we're... Getting pretty close to being done with this one. I think it's going to be done. Hold on. Because if this is the final one, I need to be mentally prepared for it. Got the rancher hat. So there's here. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got oh, two more. we got two more. So next episode, it's all over. All right. Let's. Oh, wait, wait. wait. Scroll up. Are you sure the rancher hat is where we started? Yeah. Scroll up. That's it. That's the top. Oh, oh that's the top. Okay. Yeah, that's where the list ends. So... Okay, so th that's probably it then. Yeah. So we got two more. And today, how do you want to do this? Do you want to? There was something else, wasn't there, on, that we started on? I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to know off the top of my head. God, ah, man, I made this thing to prevent this, and it's not. <laughs> uh, I didn't update it right. Maybe. Interesting. Mind Would it be on the previous? Would it be on the previous uh, list? I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. You can look if you want. Um, yeah, I'll look. Go ahead. Okay. You can tell people about the stuff. Okay, so this we're still building Rick, the Grick Rancher. Indeed. Uh, and he is awesome, and thank you, the Hobble Man. If you want to see any of the beholders we've built, you can go to our Discord. Uh, there's a link in the description below. And uh, one of our mods uh, draws these beholders, and it's so fucking cool. Please check out the Hobble Man and his stuff. Uh, I know he has a portfolio. Maybe we should link it. 
um, but I'll get permission. I believe today is the final feature because face tentacles and a grit call beam. Oh yeah, yes. there it is. And so then we put the is. hat on him after. Yep. Face tentacles. No, that's what I have on the ri on the Grick Rancher episode is the rancher hat and the grit call whistle. Okay, so we got so that the was the grit. So, okay, then there's oh, a face tentacles. Okay, face yeah. tentacles. Davy Jones. Oh, that was mind witnesses. Psychic energy and I and barrier beam. Was that this guy? Yeah. It, oh wow. What? No, that was the previous guy. So no, okay, we do yeah, have okay, two. We have two. It's more. official. We have two more episodes to finish him, including this one. So keep telling people about what you were telling them about. I was just explaining uh, who Rick is. Rick the Grick Rancher. Rick the Grick Rancher uh, commands over the Gricks of the Underdark. Indeed. Uh, so today, in uh, inspired by these grungs, we have um, Gr Rick, who needs to soak in a hot tub for at least one hour a day. Yeah, essentially, he, <laughs> he has water dependency. Yes. If Rick goes an hour without water, he starts to suffer from exhaustion. Six days will kill Grick. Yeah, or Rick. Rick. Uh, he's like, I just can't. I love my Gricks, but I just can't do it today. <laughs> I just, I need to soak in my tub. Uh, so on the Grick Ranch, there is a hot tub. Indeed. So Hollow Man, if you want to draw like a hot tub nearby. <laughs> or maybe he could be in a hot tub. You know how the old one had goat legs? Yes. This one could just be in a hot tub. Oh, my gosh. You know? Okay. And then for the I-beam power, we decided to give one of the tentacles a uh, mouth that can... A proboscis. Flick, a proboscis. Like a, like a flick, tongue. Like flick out a frog-like tongue to grab his grics and rain them back in. Yeah, like a gashapon sticky hand. Yeah. Frog tongue. Frog tongue. Frog tongue. It's gonna. It's going to also. The Gricks are poison resistant, uh, and this tongue can hit an enemy for poison damage. Indeed. So it could do. You could roll random beam. You could bring a Grick in close, mm -hmm. or it could hit for poison damage of some kind. Indeed. So we got but, one more episode to finish this guy off. But before we end this episode, let's do some Patreon shoutouts. Yeah, we should. Let me look at the poison thing. It's a oh. DC twelve. Uh, DC twelve con save. Or become poisoned for one minute. Uh, a poison creature is no longer in direct contact with you. They can repeat the saving throw. So um, they're going to take 2d4 poison damage with this beam and be poisoned. Uh, it'll probably be stronger than that. I don't know. if we, When we stat this out, maybe we'll buff it up. I mean, be... it's got a lot going on. It pulls in the enemy and it poisons them. And being poisoned is an effect which yeah. fucks you up. And it takes poison damage. I think that's good enough. All right. Yeah, I'm with that. It could do three beams a turn. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Hey, if you came in on Patreon in the last couple weeks, we're going to shout you out. Indeed. Because you fucking rule. You, you guys do. rule for everybody that's on Patreon and that has You're been the consistently best on Patreon. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. It's like the main financial support we get for the show. So we really, really appreciate that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and shout these people out. Will, are you ready? I am ready. Richard Shepard. Thank you, Richard. Velnier. Thank you, Matt. Velnier. Thank Vel you, Velnier. Velnier. I think you got it right the first time. All right. Christian Barrera. Thank you, Christian. I wonder if I should. Oh, no, no, no. We're good. Samantha Eagle. Thank you, Samantha. Alex Anderson. Thank you, Alex. Shane Gassaway. Thank you, Shane. And William Elkhart. Thank you, William. Cool name. That's a cool name, <laughs> William. Is it because it's William or Elkhart? Which one is? Which one's got you? Both. Both. Is this like an alternate? Very you, like, much both. I could have been the Elkhart. But no, it's, I'm it's this I'm William. Cool. Earned I'm cool that being title. the Stark. He can be the Elkhart. The Stark and the Elkhart. <laughs> Cousins. No, that's not how that works. 
I think we can call it a game. No, wait. We have to promote our social media. I mean, we did. We just did all the Patreon shoutouts. Let's give the listeners a break. We can shout out the the, the all the other stuff later. There's a contest going on. Oh, go to our yeah, social media to check it out. And that's all we'll say about that. All right. Go to social media. Check it out. Fizzbad. Win a book. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Case. And this is Will Stark. Will, could you imagine if we had our own podcast? Dude, could you imagine? What if Pokemon were real? Like that Gengar, like realistically, more-wise, that Gengar might kill you. you. What if monsters like Godzilla were real? You know where I live? I try and live in space, Tom, because there's nowhere you can live that they won't accidentally smash you. How would you assassinate a monarch? Will will be gliding on his, his hang glider, and then he would murder this monarch. The best in What If Entertainment. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts can be heard. Just search for Dude Could You Imagine. The Dungeon Cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.